0: Once again, good morning, everybody. Glad to see you here today on this uh, sweater weather day. Uh, as Pastor Joe said, the temperatures going the wrong direction. Right? It's supposed to be going up today, but um, we're glad that you guys are with us. This is week two of our series on the Lord's Prayer. And before I get started, I need to uh, I need to let you know something. I made a mistake this week. Um, I've been with you guys now for 17 months. It's the First mistake I've made. I'm sure. <laughs> You know that's not the case. Um, your bulletin notes are not going to line up with my sermon today because I sent the wrong file to the office. So what you have here are some supporting um, points and some scripture verses that we're going to talk about today. But as we go through the sermon today and we have some, some points and stuff up on the, the screen, it's not going to line up with this. So you're probably going to need to find a place to write down four very short, very succinct uh, Points today during the sermon, and I don't know if you can find a little space in there or something, I'm not sure, but I just wanted to make sure that you don't spend 30 minutes going, Where's he at? I don't get it. So, anyway, my, my mistake on that, and uh, I, want, I want to get started today. Uh, Jesus had a group of men that he was teaching and he was training, and, and we know them as the disciples throughout Scripture. One day the Bible said that they heard him pray, and after he finished praying, they said, Teacher, Teach us to pray like that. We want to know how to pray like that. And the result is what we call the Lord's Prayer today. It was an outline that Jesus gave his disciples on how to pray. And I want to read it for you this morning as we get started. Uh, You're going to find it up on the screen this morning. And it's a very familiar verse for many of you. This is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 8 to 13. (coughs) Jesus said, Pray then like this, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Our last week as we started this series off, we took the very opening sentence, and this is going to be a somewhat of a, a rhythm for us that we're going to take one sentence at a time as we go through this prayer. Last week we talked about the opening sentence, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we, we had come to the conclusion as we walked through Scripture and walked through what Jesus was, was laying out for us that we're recognizing Jesus calls us to first direct our attention to the person we're praying to. He's our father. He loves us. He favors us. We're his children. He happens to also be the king of all creation with absolute authority. And he's set apart as holy and perfect and worthy of our praise. And Jesus said, start your prayers with this focus. This week, we're going to be looking at the next sentence in the prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. And this phrase begins what's called the petitions in the Lord's Prayer. And a petition simply means to make a request, it means to ask God for something. And if you look at the Lord's Prayer, you'll notice that it begins with praise and it ends with praise. It begins with, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then it ends with, Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So there's praise at the beginning. There's praise at the end, and everything in between is petition. Again, to petition God is to ask him for something. And so here's the first thing I want us to settle on this morning, and that is that God wants us to ask of him. And that's our our first point. That's our first point. God wants us to ask of him. Jesus fills the middle of this prayer with petition. Petition. So don't back off of the idea of asking of God. Jesus tells us to ask, not just here in the Lord's Prayer, but multiple times throughout Scripture. Jesus compels us to ask of the Lord, ask of Him, ask of our Father. Let's glance at a couple of those passages very quickly. John chapter 14, and then chapter 15, and then chapter 16. Three chapters in a row, Jesus says, You can ask for anything in my name, and I'll do it. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. And then he says, you can go directly to the Father and ask of him and he will grant your request. Matthew chapter 6 is where the Lord's prayer is found. It starts in verse 9. If you go one verse before, right before Jesus lays out this outline, he says, Your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. God knows ahead of time what you need. He knows what you're going to ask for and He is already preparing the answer, but He has chosen to respond to our asking. I think that's really important for us to kind of hover over for just a bit. God chooses to respond to our asking rather than doing it on his own. That's why Jesus compels us. Ask. God is waiting. He's ready. He's preparing the answer. He loves you. He wants to pour out. He wants to provide. He wants to to forgive. He wants to set free. But he has chosen to respond to your asking. Before we move on from this point, I want to ask you a question. What have you not asked God for that he's just waiting on? What is in your life that God wants to answer, he wants to release, he wants to provide, and he's saying, I just am waiting on you to ask. See, God's chosen to respond to our asking so that our faith in him would grow as we watch him provide. It's a beautiful part of God growing us up in our faith with him is that he waits for us to ask, and then when we do, he answers, and our faith is built, and it grows. God has chosen to respond to our asking. In the chapter following the Lord's Prayer, right after chapter 6, as you go into Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened. In this original language that it was written in the Greek, these verbs are all what we would call uh, continuous tenses or present participles, meaning this passage is saying, Jesus is saying, ask and keep on asking. He's not saying ask one time. He's saying keep asking of the Lord. And so we need to get some any kind of myth, any kind of... of um, misinformation or untruth out of our mind that says that it's wrong or selfish of us to ask of the Lord. Jesus said, ask of me. And we have this confidence that when we do go to the Father, when we do ask of him, he's going to answer our petitions. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. As you read through the Lord's Prayer, you'll notice that there, it's about two different things. It's about him and it's about us. The Lord's prayer is about his kingdom and it's about our needs. And even though in this verse that we're on today, it's verse 10, even though we've shifted into the petitions in this verse, it's still about God. In fact, this passage today is about us giving God total control over every area in our life, in our family, in our church. And let me tell you, that is exactly what we need to do. It's declaring, Lord, not our way. Don't build our kingdom. This is about you having your way in the world today. And again, we have a confidence that when we go to God and we're asking of him, he is going to answer our petitions. Now, he doesn't always answer in the way that we ask. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. And that's a good thing. When I say amen, that means so be it. We don't want God to give us everything we ask for because a lot of times God knows, in fact, every time, God knows the right way. And so he doesn't always answer in the way that we ask. However, he does always answer in the way that is right, in the way that is good. So let's start looking at our passage today. This is Matthew chapter 6. It's verse 10. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're going to break this passage into three pieces, and we're just going to draw a simple conclusion out of each one of those today. The first few words, your kingdom come. When we speak these words, when we pray these words, we're submitting our kingdom to his kingdom. Now, let's be honest. We all build our kingdom, and there's, it, it's not wrong to do that. Our kingdom really comes down to things like um, our job, our career, our bank account, our retirement. We're building up our kingdom, and God doesn't say that it's wrong, but he does challenge us as to what our priorities are. When we say your kingdom come, we're submitting our kingdom to his and say, God, we're working this thing. We have some priorities. We have some agendas. We have some important things in our life, but greater than those things, more important than those things is your kingdom It's your plan. It's your purposes. You're declaring the purposes of God above all else. So when when you pray your kingdom come, it means to invite his reign into your life. It means to invite his reign and his rule, his kingship over the world in which we live. So you're declaring the purposes of God above all else. And many Bible scholars believe that this phrase right here is the central phrase to this whole prayer. The statement is called the kingdom proclamation. I really like that. This is the kingdom proclamation. And it was the focal point of Jesus' entire ministry to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. He came into this fallen world to restore the kingdom See, it's really easy for us to forget sometimes as God's people that we actually have a higher responsibility in our life to fulfill his purposes in the world than to fulfill our own. Our highest calling is to be about his kingdom. We're people on a mission called to be about the work of God's kingdom. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 31, he said, the Father will always give you All you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So, this is really a priority thing. It's not an either or. It's not saying that you can't try to build up your retirement or try to build up your career. It's saying that there is a priority here. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, has to be first, it has to be His lead before ours his will before ours, his priorities before ours. So when you invite the kingdom to come, again, you're inviting his reign into your life and you're also inviting it into the world in which you live. It's all about God's kingdom. Now, this phrase that Jesus gives us, your kingdom come, it kind of feels like you're praying for something to take place in the future, but that's only a portion of it. It's only a portion of it. Jesus tells us to pray that the kingdom would come, and yet in Scripture he also tells us that the kingdom has come. Numerous times throughout Scripture he he uses the the vernacular, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is here. So again, Jesus tells us to pray, your kingdom come, but he also tells us that the kingdom is, is already here. So how is Jesus able to make both of these statements? Understanding this is part of understanding this passage. The kingdom simply means the king's domain. It's any place where the king is ruling. When you invite Jesus to rule your life, the kingdom has come into your life. In fact, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 17, verse 20. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom has come. When you invite Jesus to be the Lord, to to be the ruler of your life, the kingdom of God has come into your life. But we also pray that his kingdom would come into our world. And so there's, there's really two pieces of this. Lord, may your kingdom come. May your reign be evident and strong in my life. But God, may it also start to move into this entire world that you created. So the kingdom is here and not yet here. At the same time, it's here and it's coming. It's something that we rejoice in and it's something that we long for at the same time. And so we pray that God would rule in our lives right now, but also that he would reign everywhere. That the gospel of Christ would be advanced everywhere until the world is filled with the glory of his kingdom. So let's move to the next phrase. It's very similar. The next phrase is, your will be done. When you pray that your will be done, it's committing your ways to the way of the Father. You could say your will be done means to embrace His plan. It's to embrace His plan. See, we pray that the will of God may be done because we believe, as Christ followers, that God's will is perfectly loving and righteous, it's full of both truth and grace. And so we pray your will be done because we believe that it is the very best way for us to live. The will of God, according to Scripture, is that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. The will of God is that all people would obey his word, that all people would be holy. It's the very best way for us to live. Many of you have probably read A.W. Tozer, a Christian author and pastor, Uh, from a number of years ago, and he wrote this. He said, we do not pray in order to persuade God to change his mind. We pray to bring our will into alignment with his. We don't get on our knees and say, God, please change your mind and do things my way. We pray, God, I submit my will to yours. Even Jesus prayed this. You can hear the honesty. You can hear the humanness in his prayer. And at the same time, you hear his surrender when he says, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet, I want your will, not mine, to be done. You hear the humanness. God, if there's any way... (laughs) if there's any way that I, I don't have to go through this, if, if, if there's another path that still results in salvation, if there's any other way, God, I would rather not go to that cross. But this isn't about my will. This is about yours. This isn't about me getting my way. This is about you having your way because I want to accomplish your plan and your purposes. I want your kingdom to come. Jesus prayed that. The key here, one of the keys, and this is a little bit of a play on words here, the key is if you will to do God's will. Do you want to do it? Do you will it? Are you determined to do it? Because many people want to know God's will, but there are far less who are willing to do God's will. We want to know it. We want to understand it. But then we want to reserve the option of maybe voting I don't know, God, I get it. I see what you're saying, but I'm gonna choose plan B instead. And this isn't about us knowing God's will, it's about us doing God's will. It's about us embracing his will. It's about us submitting to his will. I like what C.S. Lewis wrote. He said, your will be done is not merely a prayer that I would patiently suffer through God's will, but it's a prayer that I may vigorously do it that I might pursue it. It's not that I would just endure it and say, all right, your will be done. All right. It's, it's an attitude, it's a posture of saying, God, I want to advance your will. I want to be a part of what you're doing here. I want to embrace your plan. I want to embrace your will. I want to be a part of this. I want to go after it. Your will be done. There's this third element here. It's the last piece of this this statement here, this sentence, and it actually brings our first two statements together. These three phrases are all kind of linked together here. And the, the last part of this is, On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. It's the highest prayer that we could offer to advance God's kingdom is when we would pray that his will may be fully brought about on earth the same way that it is in heaven. If God's will that's perfectly followed in heaven would be perfectly followed here on earth, his kingdom would come. It's the highest prayer that we could offer. See, in heaven, again, God's will is already fully realized. And when we pray this on earth as it is in heaven, it's declaring his position over all of creation. It kind of flashes back to last week when we were talking about his sovereignty, his position. He reigns over all of creation, which means that he is the king of heaven, he is also the king of earth. And so when we say God, right now, your will is being done in heaven perfectly. Your your word is being followed perfectly. God, may that happen in this earth as well. What's happening in heaven, may your kingship also, and may your will also be fulfilled right here on the earth in which we live because you're the king of both. You created both. You sit enthroned over over both. May his will be done in heaven above and on earth below so that all people would follow his word, his will, his ways that the kingdom would come into the hearts of all humanity. Now we have to recognize Jesus did not just lay out an outline of random bullet points, but he also had an order in which these things flow. And so we recognize that Jesus placed these petitions first in the prayer because these should be first in our hearts before our Father the first thing that we ask for, I want you to hear this, the first thing that we ask for is not, God, would you do this for me? But it's, God, would you have your will, your way, your kingdom here? I've started asking. I'm into petitions, but God, this is still all about you. This is still all about your kingdom, not my kingdom. This is about your will, not my will, because you still reign over heaven and earth. So I'm asking you, God, I'm petitioning. I'm coming to you and I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, have your way. Do you guys struggle with that? Don't raise your hand. Do you struggle with that? Letting go of your way? Do you struggle with that? saying god not what i want but i really 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 want it i want it really bad i've been thinking about this a whole lot i got plans i got strategies i've got all kinds of god i got all of my eggs in this basket but if if you want to do something else i guess god sometimes it's tough sometimes it's a struggle isn't it Because our humanity claws and grips the whole time that we're saying these things with our words, sometimes our hearts are challenging it. Our desires are challenging it and saying, I don't know. But Jesus said, the first thing that we ask, God, not my will, but yours be done. Guess what? The petitions that we're going to talk about in the next few weeks They're all about our needs. They're all about us, things that we need, but not right now, not this week, not first. First, Jesus said you go to the Father and you connect with him relationally. Remember this from last week. And you say, you're my Father. You favor me, I'm your child. I didn't do anything to deserve this, but you adopted me into your family. And that puts me in a pretty sweet spot because I'm your child and you happen to be the king over all creation and you have absolute authority. And so when I come to you, I come to you with confidence that you're an authority here. And you, there is, there is no evil in you. You are set apart from all that is, that is evil and wrong in this world. You are perfectly good and righteous. You're different than anyone else. You're different than everything else, God. You're set apart. You're hallowed. You're holy and you deserve my praise. and You deserve all of my worship. And God, here's what I ask. From my heart to yours, Lord. I want your kingdom over mine. I want your will before mine. God, the way that your purposes and your word is being played out in heaven right now, may that very thing happen in my heart and may it happen in our world today to be continued (laughs) that's how jesus said we're supposed to start out our prayers guys it's a beautiful model that jesus lays out for us coming before the lord acknowledging his sovereignty his love for us his deep care and his grace upon our lives his kingship, his perfect will, submitting to that. That's how Jesus said that we should start. So it's not just to be first in the prayer. It's to be first in our hearts, that we come to him, and those are the first things that flow out of our mouths. So if we were to take this sentence, we've looked at one sentence today. If we were to take this sentence out of the outline that Jesus provided here, And they're no longer bullet points. And we just kind of let them breathe. And we let them expand. Has anybody ever read the Amplified Bible? Where you you take a passage and and it just makes it three times longer. So if you don't like reading a whole lot, it's probably not the version you want to read because it makes your reading about three times longer. But it's beautiful because it just kind of lets the passage breathe a little bit. If we were to do that with this passage today, if we were to take this one sentence out, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and we were to let it breathe, it might read more like this. God, I invite your kingship to rule in my life. Help me to recognize areas of my life where I've not submitted to your lead. I also pray that you would reign in the world that you created, that your kingdom would come into the hearts of all of your creation. Lord, I make lots of plans in my life, but I commit to your will. I commit to your agenda in my personal life. And God, I ask that your word and your ways would be followed by all your creation. You made them, and your will is that they would all come to know you as God. May your will be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. And I declare that you're the king of both. You reign over both. You sit enthroned over all of creation, and I pray that just as your word and your will is perfectly obeyed in heaven, it would also be perfectly followed here on earth. This passage, as we started out today, I said this passage is about us giving God total control, surrendering, submitting, all areas of our personal life, our family life, our church life, every relationship that God has placed us in, that we come underneath his kingdom. We come underneath his will. And again, I'm just like you. I have my own opinions. I have my own desires, my own leanings but we want God's kingdom, not man's kingdom, to be built. We want God's will, not man's will, to be done. And this all begins in your life when you invite Jesus to become the center of your life, placing him in the driver's seat, allowing him to take the lead in your life. That's what it means to have the kingdom of God living inside of us. And this morning, if you've never done that, if you have never asked Jesus to become the center of your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that before we leave today. I'd like to ask you guys to just take a moment and bow your heads, close your eyes. And I say this a lot, but God, this is, guys, this is so true. This is a holy moment between you and the Lord. This is an opportunity for you to make that decision. Maybe you've never prayed and asked God to be the center of your life. Maybe you prayed it a long time ago and, Things have happened and you find yourself far away from God again. Today is an opportunity for you to come back. It's a very simple prayer. I just want to invite you to pray this with me today. You can say, Jesus, I thank you for your great love for me. And today I ask you to become the king of my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Give me a brand new start with you at the center. God, I want your kingdom to dwell inside of me from this day forward. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer today, the most important reason why you showed up this morning, and as a church, we wanna be, um, the Bible calls us a family, a community, and we wanna be a, a good family, a strong, solid family. And part of what that means is that if you made that commitment, this church wants to be able to celebrate with you. We wanna be able to support you. As you go after God, man, it's way better when we do it in community. Pastor Joe was reading that that statement, that 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 testimony of that individual who got connected into community here and the strength and the support and the encouragement that happens in your life when you connect into a body. And as a church, we wanna be able to do that with you. We wanna be able to get into community with you. And so here's what I'd like to ask. If you would do us a favor. If you prayed that prayer just a moment ago from your heart, it was something that was really meaningful to you. On your connection card today, <coughs> on the back side of it is a box that says yes. It just it's, it's saying yes. I made a commitment to follow Christ today. And here's what I'd like to invite you to do: if you take a moment, grab that card and check that box and put your name on there. In just a few minutes, we're going to have prayer teams up here, and at the end of our service if you'd be willing to take that card up and and hand it to one of those prayer teams, they would love to to celebrate with you, to pray with you today. In fact, let's take a moment and celebrate. Congratulate those who prayed that prayer this morning. As As we wrap up, getting ready to transition into a time of communion here, Jesus tells us to invite God's reign into our life. His kingdom to embrace his plan, his will, and to declare his position over heaven and earth. It's how he modeled for us to pray. And this morning as we close, I want to invite you to read together, to pray together from your heart the Lord's Prayer as we put it up on the screens together. I want to invite us to do it together as a congregation this morning. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom,